And welcome back. Most professional comics are vagabonds traveling from place to place hoping to make people laugh, such as the life of Greg Warren, who has spent the last 15 years or so doing just that. It has gotten him exposure on the national TV stage and in clubs around the country. Now it is bringing him home to St. Louis, where he'll be appearing at the Funny Bone later this week. Welcome, Greg Warren. Nice to have you here. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks a lot. You know, I can't imagine a more difficult life than than doing what I just described, traveling around the country, hoping to and trying to, and in most cases, making people laugh. That's got to be a tough gig. Well, I'm really careful about saying that it's a tough gig because some people work for a living, so... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the travel of it uh, does get a little bit uh, tedious sometimes, but the, uh, the, the stage is the most – that's the most comfortable hour of the day for me, really. Yeah, it's almost a relief to be there. Yeah. The, you, well, you're doing it from St. Louis now. We just learned yeah. that uh, just before going on the air that this is your, your base of operations. Now. Yeah, I've uh, been all over. Uh, we were talking that most recently in New York, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, a very different place. Have you spent any time there, Don? I grew up uh, 14 miles from New York City. Oh, from the city. Okay, yeah. so you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's different from St. Louis. This is sort of how I explain New York. Um, I, I got some luggage when I was there. I, I got one of those roller bags that you pull sure. behind you, and the handle broke off. Uh-huh. So I had to pick it up, and I had to carry it. And I was walking through the city, and I passed this guy, and he goes, uh, Hey, it's got wheels. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. carry it. <laughs> he thought I was that dumb, and he was that smart. Like, in his head, he was like, I see things that other people don't see. I have a gift. I got to share the gift. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, New York is fam- famous for helping out. No one has uh, – no one offered to help you carry the thing. That's, yeah. that, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Everybody's doing his and her own thing. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you feel any particular pressure performing at home? Uh, not really. Other than – you know, I, I have a lot of uh, a lot of friends and family and some fans that have been really good about coming out every year, and uh, so I do sort of feel some pressure to to have some new material. Uh, you got five days here at the Funny Bone. Yeah, right? I do. I do. Yeah, four, I think. What? Four. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I thought there was something me. through Monday. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Thursday through Sunday, and. Um, Sort of, actually, the uh, we're trying something new this year. Also, I think on Sunday at five o'clock, I'm doing a uh, an all ages show. So, or like twelve and up. So it's like a family show. I do feel a little pressure there because I haven't done a whole lot of that before. Is is, is your act such that uh, it would probably not be a good idea to invite children to it? Uh, you know, the evening performances. No, I mean, I wouldn't say. I don't think any kids really should be at at, at many comedy shows. Not because it's particularly dirty or anything, but it is sort of. Uh, you know, it's comedy. It's it's a, a little bit negative. It's a little bit sarcastic. Yeah. And uh, but the show, I have done a lot of shows recently where kids were there, and uh, I realized I could do it. And my act is my act is pretty clean, anyways. So I have a lot of friends uh, that have kids that have always asked, "Hey, can I bring my kid?" And I was like, "All right, we're going to do a special show where you can bring your kids." So. When did the bug bite you? How old were you when you realized this is where you wanted to go? Well, I, I sort of uh, let's see. I, my first job out of college. Well, my first job out of college, I, uh, I got a degree in journalism, actually, Don. So, but then you went straight, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got a degree in journalism, and I, I promptly got a job as a busboy at Denny's on uh, I-44 and Barry Road. Ah, and um, sure. that was great. The, the guys in the kitchen at Denny's knew that I went to college. So they're, oh, if it ain't the most educated busboy in America. How you doing today, college? Fine. Dana, listen, uh, 
Table Nine wanted sausage patties, but I brought him sausage links instead. Oh, I guess they didn't teach you about that in college, huh? You didn't have any sausage classes in college? No, I majored in journalism. Oh, a reporter. Well, here's today's top story, college. Patties are the flat ones. Yeah. So I, I did there. And then I, then I got a job. Uh, I sold Pringles potato chips. I, 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 saw, I saw that. Did by, you? by the way, the guy at Denny sounds an awful lot like the guy from New York. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I need to work on the different yeah. – uh, yeah, yeah. Pringles, Pringles potato chips, huh? Yeah. I, I, um, I was working for Procter & Gamble. I, I got sent to Houston, Texas. And uh, you know, I, I would call on different grocery stores. And uh, I was actually pretty excited to have that job. I remember – I remember the day I got the job, you know, I was at Denny's at the time, so I was like, okay, this is great. But I, I was really proud, and I was like, this is my first big job. They gave me a car and a salary, and I thought, I thought that everybody would be impressed. Uh, I thought women would be impressed. And I remember talking to some girl at a bar that night, and I said, yeah, I, I just got a pretty, uh, pretty big job. She goes, what are you doing? I, I said, I'm, I'm selling Pringles. She goes, uh, like door-to-door? Yeah, door-to-door. Yeah, I, I, uh, I actually joined the Girl Scouts, and we ran out of – Cookies. Now we just sell <laughs> potato chips, but uh. that does sound like a punchline. I'm selling Pringles. <laughs> yeah, got, I know, and it's not. I really did. It, 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 it was a good product. You know, I saw that the, you uh, also went to West Point. I mean, uh, I it, did. Yeah. T- tell me about that. I mean, and and you left. You chose to leave. I, I did. Yeah. I did. Why? Yeah. Well, um, I'm still not sure wh- why I went. Uh, I think it had something to do with uh, adults were impressed by it. Here, here's mm. here's why I think I went, Don. I. Uh, I, I was uh, I got a call from I was a pretty good wrestler in mm-hmm. high school. Your dad was a wrestling coach. Yep, at, at Kirkwood, yeah. and uh, I, I got a call from the the coach from West Point one night, and, and he you know he said we'd really like you to come wrestle here. And uh, the next day I was in uh, in class at Kirkwood High School, and I was sitting next to Liz Miller, and uh, she was um, she was the prettiest girl in our high school. And I said I said Liz uh, the the coach from West Point called me last night and he wants me to wrestle there. And she said, wow, that's pretty cool. That's, that's the reason right there. And uh-huh. I think that that's just about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, no, I, I, um, I'm not sure. I think I was, I wanted him, you know, people, it, it seemed like an honor and, uh, it, it was nice that they wanted me to go and I, and I got a lot out of it, but I, uh, I don't think I really belonged there. Uh, how, how long did you uh, did you go there? The full year. I, I sort of made a deal with myself that if I was going to do it, I was going to you know stay for a full year, and um, I stayed for what's called your plebe year. And uh, you know, most people once they make it through that don't quit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just knew that I I didn't want to do it. <laughs> what, yeah. what what year would this have been, Greg? Uh, it was um, nineteen. I graduated high school in nineteen eighty six. So from sort of. Uh, you know, that summer, I, you know, I had about three weeks off. And then in the summer of 86 through, you know, June of 87, uh, I remember we used to have to memorize our chain of command. So mm-hmm. that's like, you know, who you report to, who that guy reports to, who all the way up like 50 levels to the commander in chief. Mm-hmm. I could usually remember the guy who was yelling at me at the time and Reagan. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was. <clears throat> 86 at that time, yeah. Reagan was about 112. I don't think he yeah. knew the chain of command either. So, well, there's uh, Hawkeye and Klinger and me and Nancy, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was so yeah, I went there and then. Um, you, you know, I asked when that would have happened because I was thinking it was later than that. And that if you'd gone through the four years, then you have a commitment of what, another four years? After, five. Five yeah. years after yeah. that. 
Uh, if it were later, you could have wound up in uh, Afghanistan, Iraq. Sure. Sort of thing. Well, I would have been in the the you know the first Gulf War. I think. Yeah. Oh, I sure. Did. In the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had some some friends that were in that were in that. Yeah. Um, although, I think they were doing at that time. I think there was a, quite a bit of reduction in the military, so they were letting guys out of their commitments. Mm. I think that was that whole Graham Rudman. Uh, yeah, where the, I, I think that's right. Yeah. Don't, don't test my memory on that. Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. It's bad, it's, it's bad enough. It is. What What do you draw uh, from for your comedy? Uh, I think you know it's sort of a mixture of just uh, um, just sitting down every morning and, and and journaling, just sort of free writing. You know, several pages. What did I do yesterday? Who did I meet yesterday? How did I feel yesterday? And that may take me to. How did I feel as a freshman in high school mm. in 1982 in Kirkwood? Or it may take me, you know, other places. Just sort of let it go. And then if I do that, then as I'm walking around during the day, if something – it's really hard to sit down and say what's funny. It's almost impossible. It will drive you nuts. Mm-hmm. But if – so you, you start with what's different or what's interesting. And a lot of times you can sort of turn that into what's funny. I'll, mm. um, I'll give you one example. I uh, – I was in New York. This, you know, we were talking about New York, and yeah. you, so you grew up near there. You're familiar with the yeah, subway. Yeah. The subway oh, is yeah. a, a mental institution. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I, it takes people places, but I think that is its secondary purpose. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I was on the subway one day, and I just had a sort of a bad audition for some commercial mm-hmm. or TV show, and I, I was on the subway, and it was just like, you know, it'd be great if I just had 30 seconds of peace on this subway. You know, as soon as I had said that to myself, this woman just walks on the subway. She starts singing. All I want for Christmas is a fish sandwich. All I want for Christmas is a fish sandwich. All, I was like, come on, lady. We're, we're in public here. You know, guess what song has been stuck in my head for the last six months? I, that woman should not be homeless. She's a hit maker. She, yeah. she may be one of the greatest lyricists of our time. I mean, I've... I've heard 11 Taylor Swift songs. I don't know the words. I know all the words to Fish Sandwich. But so, so that happened, and that's, you know, that's a little thing that I, a story that sure. I tell. Um, when it happened, I didn't think it was funny at all. I, you know, I, I was like, I, I can't stand this woman. I'm, I'm, you know, she, it was just annoying. And then probably two weeks later, I'm sitting down with a notebook, and I'm like, what has happened different? In the, what has happened? Mm-hmm. What interrupted the continuum of the day? And I was like, well, there's that fish sandwich lady. And then I was like, well, maybe I could turn that into something. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, I was able to turn it. Sure. And I tell s- stories about that, and, and, and people can laugh about it. Last time I was on the New York subway, there were two guys across from me sniffing glue. I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't wait to get off the darn thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, down that might have been quite a while ago. I'm not sure that's a big deal these days is sniffing glue. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It, it has been a while. I'll, I'll have to give you that. You know, it seemed to me that in today's environment, particularly the political environment, you've studied uh, journalism, uh, have a degree Study in Study is an aggressive term. Uh, well, <laughs> whatever. That, that was your environment. That today would be a goldmine for a comic, and for a lot of them it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've never been a political comic. Um, I'm, I, I, have, uh, I have views. I, I uh, have opinions. But I guess I've always it, – it, but it's, it's never been an obsession with me. It's not that's something that I'm uh, yeah. obsessed with. It is an interest but not a big interest. Um, but I, I've always sort of viewed the, the, the stage as when somebody comes to the show, let this be one place where we don't have to disagree. It, mm-hmm. it's, it, we're so polarized right now. If, if you, it's really hard for a comedian. If, I, I've seen most of them. If you're a political comic, you're going to talk to about half the country. <laughs> Roughly. Right. And the other people that show up to that show 
are going to feel alienated. And I don't want to make anybody feel alienated. I use this example like back when I was uh, living in Houston. I used to listen to a lot of sports radio. It was just, it was just you know, an escape or whatever. I was driving around selling Pringles. And, I was, you know, it was nice to just, just sort of escape and listen to sports radio. And then one of the guys that I used to listen to all the time started injecting politics into his sports radio program. I was like, wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't sign up for that here. I don't want to get – and there was obviously – it was not my political views at all. And I was like, I don't want to get mad at you. I don't want to have to deal yeah. with this right now. And I sort of feel that's the way with my comedy show. I like political comedians, a lot of them, um, some of my friends. But for me, it's like, hey, if you come, you're not going to feel uh, – you're not going to get your – defenses up. You're absolutely right that you're going to antagonize half the audience so regardless of uh, how you come at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I I would rather not do that. Yeah. yeah. The uh you're doing a podcast now, I understand. Yeah, and my... and, and with a lot of St. Louis uh focus. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh thank thanks for asking. It's it's called Trip to the Lou and it's uh as in St. Louis as it, opposed to the Lou. Yes, <laughs> yes, as in St. Louis. Yeah. Um and uh I'm doing it with some friends, some local comedians, uh, Tim Convey and Sean O'Brien and Joe Murray. And we each week we go somewhere in St. Louis and uh, and then we go into the studio the next day and we just talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a comedy podcast. I mean, it's meant to be funny. It usually is sort of half talking about a shared experience and then half insulting each other. But uh, it's uh, – Give us – if you can, give us some sense of what that might sound like in terms of um, you, you various – as I understand it, various institutions and then talk about them in a, in a comedic way, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think, again, the, the, the key is just a shared experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to – there's so many podcasts are like comedians interviewing comedians. I think that's overdone. And I, you know, I was trying to think what do I have a passion for and it's St. Louis. And I also <clears> – <throat> have this sort of as a comedian who travels a lot of road comics you know i travel sometimes four or five days a week you get home for two days and i find myself not going anywhere you know i i, I stay with the kirkwood starbucks my condominium and my father's house and that's about it and that's not any way to live an artistic life so i was like how can i go get out and at least experience things so we've you know, this is this forces me to go out. I think today we're going to uh, Saratoga Bowling Lanes in Maplewood. I, supposedly, it's the oldest uh, bowling I, I, lanes. I know it well. Yeah, Do you really? On the, on the second floor. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting place. Yeah, we're we're gonna go there. Uh, we um, we went to the brewery uh, a couple weeks ago. We went out to St. Charles and did this thing. Um, I can't even remember. It basically you're in a, a bumper car. Every, you have three, two teams of three, and you're all in a bumper car, and you have like a little scoop, and you, and you're and you're throwing the the ball at a, at a basketball goal. Essentially, that was one of the funnest times. Demolition ball, it's called, and one of the funnest times really? we've ever had. Really, what's it like working with other comics? I, I my impression would be that you'd have four guys each trying to outdo the other for laughs. You know, if you've got the right guys, it's it's not. Um, you know, I, I learned that a long time ago. Sort of the best thing to do in that situation is how do you help the other guy out? You know, basically, mm-hmm. I took some improv classes, and how do you how do you sort of set the ball on the tee for the other guy and let him let him take a take a swing? I mean, we do insult each other. Don't get me wrong, but it's uh, it's not really a situation about doing each other. And 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 sort of stand up comedy is a really sort of lonesome pursuit. So it's I whenever I do anything that's not just straight joke writing and any projects, I really like collaborating and, and these guys 
They're really, really funny guys. You do, do talk about the, the solitary nature of stand-up. I, you hear a lot about comics being, when they're on, they're on, but m- so many of them are, are introverted when they're off stage. Johnny Carson is always pointed to as an example yeah. of that. Yeah. Is that something that you're aware of or experience? Ab- absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm certainly not um, – you know, completely the person that I am on stage, off stage. If I was, I, I think I would be a really annoying person. Nobody wants somebody to be on all the time. Um, I think basically the person I am on stage is a, is a, is a heightened version of, of who I really am. I, you know, the, the, my personality comes out and it's who I am. But, uh, yeah, some people, you know, want to see you like, hey, you're a comedian. Be funny right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know, we're in a grocery store and uh, I don't know you. So, uh, <laughs> so forget <laughs> I it. can try. I can try. Yeah. But uh, I'm not sure that's going to. You know. What's it like when you're doing your act and people don't laugh? I, I imagine that happens occasionally. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think every comic has been through yeah. that. It's uh, I wouldn't say it's fun, uh, yeah. you know, but I've done comedy in so many different places, so many different settings, and so many different cities. I've done it to, you know, a club in New York at 1130 on a Tuesday night in front of seven people. I've done it in front of a theater of 2000. And then I've kind of learned it's, I kind of know a lot of the tricks. So if they're not laughing, I'm going to try all the tricks I have. But if they're not, it probably wasn't going to, it wasn't meant to be that night. So you just, you know, I I have sort of, um, I have sort of a, a little autopilot that I revert yeah. to, and my autopilot has gotten a lot better than it was, you know, 20 years ago. I, I would gather you'd probably have a go-to joke or story that always gets a good reaction. Well, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I have, I have yeah. a few. I think that's the key to sort of becoming sure. a really strong road comic is you got to have these big jokes. Uh, but when you're first starting out and you're like, okay, here's my five big jokes, and you get out there and things aren't going well, and uh, so you go to your big joke and – they don't buy that either. <laughs> and, uh, and then Uh-oh. and then you, then you do like three more <laughs> yeah. of your big jokes. And then you're like, oh, they didn't buy any of that. Now we've got another 15 minutes of the stuff that I don't think is that great. No, that's, that's an awful thing. That, that, that's yeah. got to be terrible. Yeah. You've had some, uh, some uh, good exposure on national television. How, how does that help you? What, what happens? Does the, do the offers uh, pick up when you're on Seth Meyers, for instance, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's um, – it's not. It's a lot. First of all, it's fun. It's the funnest thing you could ever do, especially yeah. those late night talk shows. Yeah. Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers. I did. It was Christmas, uh, and it was you know they're right next to uh, the, the skating rink. It's Center. Rock, It's in yeah. Rock Center, so yeah. it's uh, you know in New York. That was a, a, a load of fun. Uh, I've I've done a lot of them. As far as like you know people coming to see you, it, it helps. Um, but probably the stuff – it's weird. The, the stuff that has helped me the most is radio. There's you know a couple of national radio shows that I've done. Serious radio plays you know probably seven or eight of my tracks a day. Um, and then like some, some silly stuff that I've done. I, I'm a big wrestling fan, a big college wrestling fan. There's this wrestling website that I made like a short film, sort of a mockumentary yeah. for – and you'd be surprised how many people, like, identified with that. You've done some stuff. The time is just winding down, but done some stuff. Uh, color, wrestling color of Fox. I mean, Fox Midwest. Yeah, a, a while back. Yeah, uh, I, 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 was, I did the color commentary. Yeah. Well, I was average at best. We <laughs> want to thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for, uh, for being with us. Congratulations on the gig at uh, the Funny Bone. That's going to be happening starting Thursday night mm-hmm. for the next four days. Right. With a kids' show thrown in uh, on Sunday. Yeah.
Thank you so much, Greg Warren. Great to talk to hey, you. Hey, great, great talking to you, honestly. Okay. I really, really appreciate it's it. It's been a pleasure. Archived versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs are available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh.